You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 11th through Sunday, July 14th at picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Mariel Buckley. Calgary, Alberta's Mariel Buckley's most recent release, Driving in the Dark, came out in 2018 and earned her acclaim from no less than Winnipeg Folk Festival performer Sarah Shook. Buckley will be performing on Saturday, July 13th at Spruce Hollow at 11.15 a.m. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Truth's always changing What did you expect? You can make your list So you can check it twice Cast your stones But don't feed me no lies Cause your words are a choice You can't speak for someone who don't have no voice Take it away They can't get back So when you're casting stones Think about that For no man, it'll give you grief. So if the truth comes down to a broken heart, eyes on the truth and where your story starts. Cause your words are a choice. You can't speak for someone who don't have no voice. Take it away. Can't get it back. So when you cast your stones, think about that. Leave it well alone. Keep it to yourself. Fighting that you don't need to tell. Cause you
All right, well, coming to Birds Hill Park this weekend, Mariel Buckley making the drive from Calgary, Alberta. She joins us by phone. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm uh, excited good. for this weekend. The, the weather uh, forecast, fingers crossed. I mean, I, I, I'm always a little trepidatious about forecasts, but it looks pretty good. So <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm excited. Now, uh, you've played uh, festivals in, in Manitoba Forks. I know that you played Country Fest last year. Uh, what's yeah. Your, what's your experience with folk festivals, though? Uh, well, we've played quite a few of the ones out you know, kind of far west. We did Vancouver and Calgary, and we've done Edmonton and Canmore and South and North Country Fair. So, um, I mean, I love folk festivals. I'm sure that uh, Winnipeg Folk will be significantly different than the Dauphin Country Fest. I feel I feel like a little bit, but I mean, the, <laughs> you know, the scope and things like that sometimes change things. Uh, totally. You know, your music kind of seems to exist in, in I don't want to say an ambiguous place, but like kind of a, you kind of tread between country and folk and roots and some blues and stuff like that. Like, do you think of yourself as like a specific genre or like, do you think that you can play something like a country fest and a folk fest, you know, in, in back to back years, just because the music really doesn't have like a specific sound? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I've been using the word Americana just because it sort of is a good umbrella term Mm. for all of those like traditional uh, trends that I sort of uh, abide by. But yeah, I don't really, I don't really think too much on it, although I know that some people, you know, hear the country elements and really grab onto that, and some people kind of hear more of a folk or a, a roots thing, and, and whatever it is, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that people are liking it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Americana does have kind of like a, a nice uh, kind of overarching umbrella for a lot of different sounds. Uh, yeah, and it's... Yeah, totally. Go ahead. No, 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 that's good. You know, when you when you start writing a song, do you have an idea of kind of like what style or sound it's going to have like do you do you think about that not really like when i write songs i'm generally not thinking about production at all so i generally kind of try to my theory is that if i write a song that's really good if it's just me playing it by myself and it'll hold up to whatever production we put on it so um it's important to me that um the song you know it could have any vibe really depending on what instrumentation we decide to put on it but um Generally, when I'm writing, I don't I don't really think in terms of anything except like, you know, the strongest melody and the strongest lyrics, and and just trying to keep it concise and well delivered for the listener. So then, the core of a song for you when you're writing it is is melody and lyric. Yeah, I think so. So, are you writing from like kind of an emotional place, like a storytelling place? Like, what's you know the kind of your modus operandi when it comes to to writing a song? Then it's kind a combo of, of all of that stuff I mean like um, I try I do try to keep it pretty personal because I feel like um, you can you can hear and feel that vulnerability in a song when you know it's coming from somewhere real and, and people latch on to that because they, they relate their own experiences to it or whatever it is but uh, you know a lot of the times it's things I've observed directly that I'm telling as a storyteller or um, you know mixed in with my own personal sort of experiences or it is you know a lot of my music just very personal it's just very true to true to life so so are you you said observational like are you kind of the type of person who at at maybe like a party or gathering is kind of in in the corner watching people is that kind of like the observational thing or is it more just kind of like as you're experiencing something you kind of take note of it i think it's a bit of both like i i am very comfortable kind of being on the periphery and and uh and taking note of things but i also yeah i do um i do pay a lot of attention to 
you know, people and our interactions and kind of what's going on around me. So it's probably a combo of all that stuff. Have there been any times where like you've realized in the moment, this is a song or this is the kernel of like a story within a song in, in a situation where you hadn't necessarily expected that? Yeah, for sure. It happens a lot when we go on tour. I was saying to my band the other day that like when we go to especially really small rural like prairie towns, um, I just, there's so many like characters in these tiny, these tiny towns because I think, you know, there's so, there's so few things to hide behind when you're, there's only like 300 people that live where you are. Um, so I've, I've caught myself a lot lately just, sort of unexpectedly being like wow like that guy's so interesting like i'll write a song about that for sure or whatever it is so when you say there's like nowhere to hide behind it in these small towns like are you meaning it's just because there's like so few people that you can't get lost in a crowd if you're kind of like peculiar or totally yeah like if you're you know if you stand out or you're different which is you know something that i really notice about people because i often you know sort of feel the same way it's like in a small environment everybody kind of knows your business and it's a bit like the microscope effect you're just kind of um, you know, in front of everybody, whether you want to be or not. Right. So you obviously chose to be in front of everybody by becoming a, a singer and, <laughs> yeah. and performer. When did you make that choice? Like, was it something like early on that you kind of had that, that impulse or like, did it, did you kind of come to it later on? Well, I, I don't know. I think like my brother's a songwriter as well, a singer songwriter who, uh, who's really influenced a lot of my decisions in life because he's quite a bit older than I am. And I just sort of wanted to be just like him for so long but um i don't i don't know when i made the conscious switch from like just sort of playing open mics to like wanting to do this all the time i think it was when i just started writing more and making an active effort to to engage that part of my brain and uh yeah and then the last four years have just been i've just been taking it pretty seriously so it was just sort of a natural transition i think what's the age gap between you and your brother uh seven years seven years so is it kind of a circumstance where like you kind of checked out his record collection or like he kind of pointed you in the way as far as singer songwriters or what was your oh, yeah. pathway? I, I mean, no, I mean, we were like really close as kids. And so I would like go into his room and steal all his like tragically hip CDs. And he would take me for a ride in his like, you know, shitty old car. And we'd play the tapes, play the tapes that he had on the seat. And, you know, and then when we got older and he got into like Neil Young and um, all the great songwriters that we both really admire. Um, it was a really easy transition for me to just sort of follow along and, and learn as he was learning. So did so. you get a sense of like songwriting from him? Like, like did you kind of see how he sussed out songs and, and then like develop your own style as a result of that? Or like what, what kind of... Definitely. Yeah. I think like, I think definitely I even started sort of mimicking and imitating him because, um, you know, he writes a lot about the Canadian prairie landscape. And to me it was like, oh, yeah, that's what we grew up around. But the more that I started to do it, the more I sort of realized, like, we are similar people, but we've had totally different experiences growing up and who we are as people. So my sort of voice and vision just sort of sculpted slowly um, over time, and I began to find kind of my own thing. In terms of finding your own thing, what is that process like? Is it, you know, trying out other people's voices or, or like kind of mimicking their style and then developing your own or like what's kind of like, do you have to kind of like set yourself aside and not listen to anyone else for a while and, and try to see what you come up with? I think, I think in the beginning it was, you know, I mean, and maybe this is just me, but you know, you start out by covering songs that you like when you're learning how to sing and write songs and stuff. So for me, it was like, I would imitate the people that I looked up to all the songwriters that I liked to learn all their songs. Mm-hmm. And then, I would imitate them in a small way, but now kind of the older I get and the more that I feel more confident 
as a songwriter. Um, I try really hard not to take outside influence, like you said. Like I, There's a lot of times when I'm trying to write where I just don't listen to singer-songwriters at all. Like I'm just reading or I'm not listening to music to try not to get uh, swayed one way or the other. Do you find that you could be like kind of pulled by someone's sound if they're doing something that you gravitate to or, or kind of like? Yeah, I think I think if there's like if there's a natural inclination already there, um, and you know it's sort of funny because within the country genre, there's just been such like big noticeable rootsy changes that I've sort of you know paid attention to those trends. And yeah, I think I think you move with the times as well. So it's still easy to be influenced by other stuff, but uh, I try, I try, I do try really hard to have my own sound. Although, you know, we all know that it's, it's nearly impossible not to pick up your influences and throw them off a little bit. Right. Now, I mean, you mentioned Neil Young, you mentioned the tragically hip, obviously there's like roots rock in Canada. Were there any like country Canadian country artists that pointed a path for you at all? Or like that you listened to when you were younger? You know, I'm trying to think, and actually, like, I didn't grow up listening to a whole lot of country. I got into country in my early 20s, um, really heavy, and, and even then, it was a lot of American country. I mean, uh, obviously, like, Wolf Carter, and um, I liked some Hank Snow stuff. Uh, being a child of the 90s, I was really into, like, Jimmy Rankin for a little bit there, and mm. but I, I can't think of anybody, like, off the top of my head, because I just wasn't really into country that much. Sure, I was just curious in terms of, especially growing up in Calgary, which is, you know, considered yeah. a cow town. And I mean, I know there's like a good punk scene in, in, in Calgary, but I, I wasn't sure about kind of what, what kind of growing up in a in a country city would do to you. Well, and I mean, you know, I was lucky too when I was starting out. There's so many good country songwriters that are just local Calgarians, like Tom Phillips is a guy that I used to go see and still go see all the time because he's like the best songwriter anywhere, in my opinion. What makes a good songwriter to you? Uh, oh, it's lots of things, I think. It's it's kind of a combo of somebody who, like, uh, somebody who's not afraid to, like, to talk, to tell their truth, but somebody who also, um, it's it's really tough. I mean, it just, it, it's got to grab you in the right way, and I think that can only happen when somebody's looked at themselves in a really honest and kind of stark way. Like, I think the best songwriters have had some tough times in their life and have been able to, like, turn inward and say like why was that and then they kind of can share that with the world or somebody who's conversely like a really great observer of human nature right now you worked with Leroy Stagger on on your I most did, recent yeah. record Driving in the Dark and that's someone who I'd consider a pretty great uh, Canadian singer-songwriter incredible how yeah. did you land with Leroy and, and what was that working relationship like well he like he judged a 12-minute little uh, touring alliance panel that I was part of. So I just, I played like three songs and he was on this judging panel and he, you know, we became friends and he, he took me on some of my first tour dates like three or four years ago, opening for him in Alberta. And then um, after that, it was just like a very natural, you know, I sort of said, I'm really listening to a lot of this and I want to make a record like this. And, and he said, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I want to do. And, and uh, it was just really natural and easy. And he's just been so supportive of me, which has been really nice. Now, producer credit can be, you know, engineering. It can be, you know, almost like an editor for for a writer. What what was that relationship like? Um, I would say that like I'm a pretty good editor of my own stuff. So I usually go in with stuff mostly arranged. That being said, like we definitely made a couple trims and cuts um, in the studio. But Leroy, we had an engineer, and Leroy was just really great at kind of directing the band. So I don't, like I said, I don't usually have any idea kind of what I want people to play. 
Um, but I know it when I hear it, whereas he can kind of be like, you should do this and you should do this and, and can kind of hear the vision before it's really been realized. Right. Now, that record came out last spring. And uh, yeah. I guess last month you released a new song called Casting Stones. Mm-hmm. And and I'm curious, do you have like more stuff in, in the works? Like, do you have a, a new record kind of in the offing or where are things at with you like that? No, I'm kind of working on uh, some solo stuff right now, actually. I'm just doing like a little collection, little EP of um, some new songs that I'm working on, just in the very rough demo stages mm-hmm. that I'm going to release. Um, but it won't be, it'll be a couple of years or a year before another full-length record. I just, I want to make sure I take the time to get it right. And, you know, I'm uh, I'm writing a lot right now, and I just, I want to go in with a lot, a lot of material to choose from, I think, so. So, Casting Stones, you described on Tinnitus as a, a protest song. Mm-hmm. Is like, did you set out to write a protest song, or did you just kind of write something and realize it was a protest song once you kind of really looked at it? No, I didn't. I didn't really like. I think uh, I think I was just pissed off about something that was. Uh, well, about about a lot of things probably, but uh, no, I just I kind of actually wrote it just for me. It was sort of not. I don't really think I ever intended to release it or anything. But I I played it live at a show when I wrote it, and then I was like, people really connected with it, and I thought, oh. Well, maybe I'll bring this to the driving in the dark recording, and, and we recorded it at the same time in the record, and then uh, it just it didn't really fit with the rest of the album, so we left it, um, and then kind of went back to it recently, and I was like, yeah, this is, this is pretty, this is pretty like it's relevant, and I you know I like I like the jam, so we decided to put it out. You mentioned you played it live. Like, is that something you do? Do you like road test songs if you're kind of unsure or just kind of in in its infancy? That's what I have done in the past. Yeah, I, I generally want to make sure that like it feels comfortable, uh, the transitions feel good, that it's like catchy maybe, or I'm not really sure, but I'm trying to do that less and less now and have uh, just have it be more of like an unveiling, like a you know when the record comes out, then you play them. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I do really enjoy testing them live. I think it's a great way to find out if something's going to stick. Now you mentioned you know some stories come from the road. Do you write on the road? Like, are you someone who like? Because I know in talking to some artists, they just the you know the driving and the performing and and just like the the hours just sap them of the energy that they need to create but i know some you know either carve out time or just find themselves inspired by certain things on the road and and write songs on the road uh i try to do that it's it's tough to find time but there are like really weird moments in the day or mostly at night you know after you've loaded up and left the venue and it's like one in the morning and you're so tired and you really should just go to bed because you have to drive all day the next day but you're kind of just like struck by something. Maybe it's just that you're alone and it just feels really, uh, really bare out there when you're, you know, even if you're with your band, it's like, you're all kind of taking this risk and it's a really great place to write from, I think, because you're sort of exposed and very vulnerable when you're on tour. So that, that vulnerability is kind of what makes for, for a good kind of like pot in which to stew, stew a song like that. For me, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, so, uh, you're, you're, you're playing at the folk festival. Then immediately after though, you're going out on, on a short tour with Sarah Shook and the Disarmers and Sarah yeah. Shook also playing uh, Winnipeg folk festival. Uh, and she listed your, your record driving in the dark as one of her, her favorites of, of 2018. What's, uh, like, is, is that kind of how you landed on, on the, on the tour with Sarah or what kind of came about? No, like we met at Calgary folk fest last year. Um, we got put on a workshop together Okay, and, uh, it was like just a really instant and natural friendship. Like I've been following her a bit beforehand because I know she's kind of on a pretty quick and steady climb upward. And then we did that workshop together and it was just like, 
you know, it's I don't, it doesn't happen very often, but you just like you meet somebody that's like, oh yeah, we just totally hit it off right away and became buds. And then she was, you know, she was always really, she's been really generous to me being a Canadian artist and wanting to break into that market. She's just been like so great at sharing my stuff with her fan base. And then she was like, you know, we should just do some shows together. And it just like, it just happened the way that you kind of always hope it does. That's, that's great. Yeah. Those, those workshops, like as an artist, do, do you like those opportunities that workshops provide for kind of that spontaneity or is that kind of, cause I know some people find it daunting to like not just do a set. Oh, well, I like it. I mean, I'm not like by any means a jammer or like a great collaborator musically, but I just love to be up there with people and kind of hear their perspective and uh, and get to share a stage because like regardless of how much you jump in on each other's stuff, there's always like cool moments that happen. And I guess kind of the opportunity to like hear another artist talk about their process a little in between songs is maybe a good thing. Totally. It's really like, yeah, it's really putting you all on the same level and page and everybody just kind of like shares their tunes. And I just, I always think that's great because it's just, uh, you know, another chance to explore the craft of songwriting, right? Absolutely. So after the, the swing with Sarah Shook, what's on the, uh, the short-term agenda for Muriel? We drive, uh, we drive from Washington to Ness Creek in Saskatchewan. We do a festival and then we go to Wild Mountain Music Festival. Uh, and then we have about a week off and then, uh, we just, we drive east, so we go, oh, let me think, Milwaukee, Toronto, uh, Hamilton, Montreal, Ottawa, uh, New York, and then we're kind of capping off the summer with the Philadelphia Folk Fest mm. um, at the end of August there. So, so summer festival season and, and logging lots of miles on, on the road, uh, probably doing some driving in the dark. Uh, Mario, before I let you go, <laughs> I want to get you to pick a track off of the record, or I mean, it could obviously be the, the new single if you want. Uh, that we can play for listeners, and if you have a reason why you're picking it or an anecdote about it, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know what? Why don't we do the last track? It's it's called I Wonder. I wrote it with Leroy, and uh, it's my favorite tune to play live. Um, and I just like I just love. I think it's a catchy and a great. I love the way that we ended up producing it. It's got some great harmonies on it. And it's just like a fun, just a fun tune, and it's uh, it's perfect radio length. It's like three minutes long. So, what makes it your favorite song to play live? I don't know. It's it's something like I, the drum the drum beat is something I would never probably would have like imagined myself playing to. Like it's almost kind of sixties pop feeling. Okay. Um, but it's just it's we always usually end the set with it, and it's just like a great uh, a great peppy little send off to the set, and always leaves us feeling really energized, and the crowd seems to dig it. So, is that why it's last on the record as well? Like kind of that send off. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we will give that one a listen. Mariel, uh, thanks for taking some time. Uh, looking forward to seeing you at Birds Hill Park and, and safe drives in the interim. Oh, thanks a lot for talking to me, Michael. I appreciate it.
I'm Michael Elves, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Mariel Buckley, who'll be performing on Saturday, July 13th at Spruce Hollow at 11.15 a.m. at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 11th through 14th at Birds Hill Park. But I-